0: What's going on, everybody? Daryl freighter the club CEO here. And we have another brother here on the DJ Story podcast. Brother, could you introduce yourself? Tell the people where you're from.
1: How y'all doing? Yeah, my name is uh, DJ Super Jam. That's my DJ name. Uh, I'm living in Germany. I've been living here for a while. Uh, half German, half American, grew up in the States. But uh, I've been over here just forever. Uh, I started DJing a long long probably longer than than most of your parents are, are old uh I, I started DJing in 76 by accident uh i actually just went into a uh, uh a youth center and the guy in the youth center he had this look on his face like end of the world i was like yeah what's going on with you and he was like yeah the dj's not showing up today uh, you want to dj and I, I just wanted to help the guy out so i was like yeah okay i got four records I really had four records. But then whenever I do something, I always think of how can I do it better? You know, it's just always been a thing since I was a little kid or whatever. And so I went home, asked my dad, I said, hey, can I use some of your records? They want me to DJ over here? he said, yeah, yeah, just go go through and go ask Fry, you know, another friend of mine, another friend of his, go ask him if you can borrow some of his. So by the time I got finished, I had like 20 records, you know, albums. And uh, yeah, so I went in, one turntable and, just started playing. People came in, I started playing and I knew what songs we liked, you know, and I knew what we liked the most was slow dancing because this was in the seventies. And back in the seventies, it wasn't as as crazy as it is now. So uh, at that time, the only way you could get close to somebody that you weren't together with was the slow dance you get that, we used to call it the grind. You get that grind on. And if, if a girl dances with you close, then you know she might like you, you know, because she's letting you, you know,
0: get that grind a little bit. <laughs> I hear that. That's that's amazing, man. So, so you you came a you became a DJ on accident, you know, someone needed help, and you just wanted to help, and you jumped right in. Uh, how yeah. old were you uh, when this happened?
1: I was I was fourteen, and uh, I went and and I played on that night, and uh, when I was going about about with the slow dancing, so because that was our favorite thing. I put on this one record and it was uh, Commodore's Live and it had Zoom and Easy, which was a total of almost 30 minutes of slow dancing. So when that last song was about to go off, I told the girl, because I was dancing too, I told the girl, I said, wait right here. And then I ran over, I took the needle and started it over again. When it started over, I got my first scream from the crowd at 14. They were like, yeah! I was like, oh, shit, damn, that felt good. What was that? (laughs) You know? And and that's that's since then on that night, the guy said, Hey man, you want the job? You did a good job. And and I just just kept doing it. And those screams are what motivates you is when people give you that feedback that makes you wanna work harder to get that again and to, to do good for them, you know. Yeah. One man. thing one thing one thing that's crazy is like as a as a DJ, when you start out, you have your different levels. You start out and you're playing for yourself because you have to know what you like and you have to trust what you like and you have to try to do a good job like that. But after a while, you learn how to do that while making sure you play for the people because they're the most important. That's your, your audience. And I learned how to do that. But that, that took me years and years and years to do to get to that point. Now things are a lot faster. People are learning a lot more at the beginning. We had to figure everything out our own because there was no teams, there was no... And DJs at the time, we wouldn't even tell each other what records we had. We would take and scrape the the, the labels off. We would put the, the record in the bathtub until it gets wet, scrape the label off and write something else on it like don't even ask. So nobody would know what records you're playing because DJs would sit there and they'd look over, like, like, on, like on on, gaming, they'd peer and they would peer over and look at, look at you. Oh man, what the, what the hell record is that? Yeah. And so it was, it was, it was a very closed uh, community at the time, not even a community, really. It was just, I'm a DJ, you're a DJ. Oh, cool. All right. Can I get a couple?
0: (laughs) Wow. No, tell me more about that. That's actually super interesting. So it was really a competitive vibe back then. Um, And, you know, DJs were trying to, you know, kind of one up one another as opposed to have like a collaborative method where they're supporting each other. Do you think that it's still that way or do you think that, you know, we've kind of progressed from there?
1: Well, the difference at that time was you had your rules. You had certain things that you weren't allowed to do. You weren't allowed to bite anybody's mix. If you come in a club and you hear a DJ mixing an acapella on top of something, you don't take that just because you like it and you do it somewhere else because that's not right. And we knew those rules. Some people would break the rules and they might have got in trouble, might have got you know <laughs> shaking up a little bit or something. But it's that was it was a it was a code. Uh, and that code doesn't exist anymore because now everything is oh I got an idea here Uh, you know I know that before like in the 90s when when, uh, DJs were doing the championships other DJs would watch videos and they would listen to them when they're practicing and listen to the clicks that the crossfader made and then you would know how to do that scratch sound like watching Qbert and stuff like that they would do that and they'd be like okay that's what he did he he hit it like that You know and uh yeah it's it's but i mean right now i'm definitely i'm embracing what's happening now because it's it's progress and all the stuff that we had to figure out how to do uh you don't have to figure it anymore it's the tools are right there for you and all stuff even stuff like this like like platforms like you're doing and i love what you're doing because that that's something that's helping djs out it's helping artists out artists get to get their their royalties and so on uh djs get to play uh locking it down and so on People just have to get more onto these platforms because that's what I'm, one thing I'm seeing is, is I'm on a couple of different platforms. And when I play, if I do something on Facebook, I'll have a bunch of people that are checking me out because it's nothing but a a click away. But when they have to go and join a page, join a site or something, I think there should be like a visitor thing that they can just come in. They can still uh, maybe, maybe they can, maybe there'll be a visitor's chat that will disappear afterwards or something that won't have to take up a lot of room but that way they can still be active and they can still jump in there and be like oh hey hey super jam what's up da 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 because like a lot of my people they won't even come where else except where they can just click real quick you know
0: yeah yeah yeah. no that's definitely something that we're gonna be you know working on having a strong community on the platform but yeah we'll, we'll definitely get into that i i want to hear more about like what you know with the progression you know after you were you know doing those events at 14, you know, and, and getting better at your craft and practicing. So where, where did your DJ career transition from there?
1: Well, I never really practiced. I I was trying to make a mixtape. And that was like after 14, 15, 16, whatever. I was trying to make a perfect tape. And all I knew is the claps go together. I didn't know anything about arrangement. I didn't know that, that there's you count to four or you count to eight and repeat that that's 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 a bar i didn't know any of that stuff all i knew is as long as the claps are together i guess the mix is okay and i would try to keep those claps together and of course i'm using old turntables that are not made for mixing they were they were one of them was a belt drive and you would give it a push and it would go fast and then it would slow down again and then you had to learn how to how to hold that so if i if somebody would said you have to go practice djing i would have never done it but because all i was trying to do is make that mixtape that I never made. I never completed that mixtape. But two years later, six hours a day trying to make that mixtape, I got good, you know, and started started feeling the music. And so then I, I noticed, because I can take a Beatles song and mix it on top of a new beat, even though the Beatles is all over the place, but I just learned how to do that. And the thing that's different there is now you have this constant pitch button. So you can put that on, no matter how fast or how slow you go, it stays the same tone when you're using regular vinyl and you go, I used to call it Mickey Mouse and Barry White. If you turn it up too fast, you got Mickey Mouse, you turn it down too low, you got Barry White. So (laughs) you would have to find a space in between there, maybe at plus 3.5 or minus 3.5. But after you do your mix, you'd have to bring it back close to the zero. Otherwise, another thing that I experienced is somebody coming up to you, hey, speed my song up! Because people hear their song a thousand times, they know what their song sounds like, and when the tone is off they hear that and you might have some loud mouth out in the crowd that's like hey man you messing up dj ugh. and you, nobody wants to see that nobody wants to see this you know so you and you try to try to try to do it right you know
0: yeah man no, that was when it, i when it, i played yeah. like
1: in, in when i played for adults then then with adults it was different cuz they were they knew what they wanted and they were used to good dj's so whole different thing
0: Yeah, man. It's a craft and you got to really understand how to appease your audience. So, you know, the the small details, you know, like the speed, like you mentioned, everything plays a role in the experience of the people that are at your event. Um, So, yeah, no, that's really dope that you're able to, you know, appease these audiences and and listen to their their responses and, and figure out how to make them happy.
1: Yeah, I just... It's just something that, that, after a while, you get tired of seeing a dance floor leave. You know, there's nothing worse for a DJ than to have a bunch of people walking away when you play the wrong song. And after that happens to you a few times, you're like, you know what, that don't feel good. When they yell and I play something, that feels good. I don't want to feel bad while I'm DJing. And then you start learning to take care of those people because that's your crowd. And if they're there for you, you got to be there for them. That's, you know
0: yeah man so like what's some advice you would give to someone that you know wants to get into the dj world but doesn't really know how to get it started
1: well i mean like i said you have to you have to have time to learn the craft so now it is you have the tools now you can put your constant pitch you don't have to worry about Adjusting speed, people are doing stuff without turntable, without headphones. They have, they have a, a an app that'll that'll show you uh, the right tones of songs to play so you don't have clashing tones. Uh, just have to use the 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 all the all the tools you have out there right now, or use some of them. Start to learn because it is a lot of stuff. But start at one, start building, start learning, start checking with other DJs and. Don't be scared to go back to the old school DJs because remember, the old school DJs started this and the new school DJs would not have this, this platform because at the time when we were DJing, when we were scratching and so on, for instance, uh, DJing, everybody DJed in the 50s, 60s, whatever. Nobody started scratching or doing any any breaks or remixing or backspins until the 70s, until the early 70s in New York. And then it's branching out to different different places and everything. Uh it was a whole different, whole different vibe, and it was not embraced by everybody. Now it is. Now there's so many different music styles. There's so many different DJs. Uh, there's little girls that are DJing. It's it's beautiful because it's stuff that we could never imagine. You know, just knowing that in order for me to DJ, I would have to buy so many records. I'd have to buy turntables. I'd have to learn how to operate all this stuff. Now you can you can do a lot with with very small setups and so on. So basically learn the craft, get to learn it. Don't just automatically say, hey, I'm a DJ. Try to be a DJ. Try to learn how to be a DJ. Try to learn how to take care. Play for some friends. Your friends are going to be your best audience because your friends are going to be straight up with you. They're going to be like, yo, man, don't play that song or don't cut the song off like this or maybe you should try this. And they might have ideas. And the way I do is I, I play like, productions that I do, mixes that I do, things that I do, I play them for people that I know, some people that are musical, some people that have no idea about music, but they'll give you a, a comment and you have to decipher through that comment, what did he mean by that comment? And I learned from everybody I play things for and everybody that I talk to about, hey, I'm thinking about doing this song like this. Yeah, but why don't you take it like that? Oh, that's a good idea. You know. So yeah, try it out on friends. One of the best things I found as a DJ is even if I had one person standing in the room while I was making a mixtape, I would mix and play better and harder because I didn't want to mess up in front of this person because I, I had an audience. And an audience gives you this energy that you can't, you can't turn that on. Even on when you come and you go online and you see there's people watching you, you act completely different than when you're by yourself trying to do a, a pre-recorded radio show or something you know so yeah you need to need to react with people interact with people and and take the criticism and don't get mad at it take the criticism and sometimes they might not even know what they they might say it in a way that hurts you know oh man that's booty or that, take, get rid of that. Or, why, why are you doing it? Why are you scratching all the time? Right? And he just said, okay. He said, why am I scratching all Okay, I'm not scratching all the time, but maybe I can scratch a little bit less. Why are you scratching over the, over the world? I did the thing one time. I started backspinning a slow jam. Dude came to me and said, man, why are you back? We're trying to get our groove on. Are you up here backspinning a slow jam? i was like, okay, that's not a good idea. Maybe I, that might not be That's true. They're out there trying to dance and, and talk to this girl and all of a sudden, it's repeating like the needle stuck, <laughs> you know,
0: so. Yeah, you gotta uh, definitely adjust to the crowd and, uh, and it's all about them. It's not about the DJ. It's not about you, it's yeah. about the audience. So that, exactly. that's super dope that, that, that you've embraced it and that, you know, you're giving gems to other people that are looking to get into this industry. So I'm curious, you know, you, you know you're in Germany now, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the difference between, you know, being a DJ in the States versus being a DJ out in Germany?
1: Well, I mean I've only DJed in a few places in the states uh, it's talking about Germany pre-COVID times our clubs would stay open all night we even had clubs that were open after the other clubs opened so you like if I was in Berlin I could play music or I could go to clubs until from, from 10 o'clock at night until midnight not mi- until midnight until tw- until noon until the next day You go to one club and then you go to the next club after party, and uh, I mean it just it just didn't stop. Then they had stuff like the Love Parade. So you think the Love Parade would be only techno music? You had a million people in Berlin. They also had the Hip Hop Barbecue. Scratch Pickles came there, Q Bird and all of them. Shortcut, and uh, yeah, you 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 would go to these functions and everything. It was it was it's. It's a bit different. When I was in the States and, I, and I'm in the club and at one o'clock they turn the light on, I'm like, what the hell's going on? And start serving Gatorade. You know, I was like, what is that about? <laughs> you know, it's two o'clock is when it, the club starts jumping at two o'clock. From two until five is our hot hours, you know? Right now it's completely different because right now everything is locked down. Everything is, and people have to find the new ways to, not even survive, but just to, if if you embrace this craft and it's a part of you and you love it, then you're going to find a way to still DJ. I've talked to other DJs, they're like, well, you can't make any money with it. Dude, you're not a DJ then because you don't care about it because you care about the money first. And if you, if you, if you should never get into the arts caring about money first. If you were a painter and you cared about what you're going to make with that painting before you paint it, you're not going to paint. You're gonna to try to do something that's gonna make you money, and that's that's not what art is. Art is something you can't get away. Once art grabs a hold of you, there's no getting away. That's that's a part of you, and that's what you become. You know, that's what happened to me. I mean, I have I have day jobs. I have I have uh, I've always worked also while doing my my producing and djing. But my djing has always been a necessity to keep me grounded. You know, I needed to have that that interaction, or at least the the, the the idea or the feeling of putting two different songs together, putting this, the, making making this magic that you get when you hear something, you're like, oh, that right there is something that's, that's special, you know? And I can't get that on a day job. On a day job, no customer could say something to me that's gonna make me have that feeling. If I sell something and I sell 10 of these speakers, I'm still. I'm gonna be like, okay, that's great. So and so, when that company says, "Hey, you did a good job," that's that feels good. But it's not like when I have them two songs mixed together,
0: yeah, sound because the, the reaction is so genuine. It's yeah. not something that they thought about. Not something that they were able to have control over. It just releases out of out of them as a response yeah. to the feelings that you make them have. You know, from the great you know things that you're doing as a DJ. So that's super amazing, brother. Like, this is a great interview and i'm super happy to have you on this podcast You know, i, I want to ask you just a couple more questions about germany because i'm so interested because you know you're the first person that's in germany that's been on the podcast how's the dj community you know are you guys you know interacting with one another well of course it's a little bit different because COVID. but how would you say the you know the vibe and the energy within the dj community is um over there
1: Well, you have two different, you probably have many more, but I basically was a part of two different uh, DJ communities. You have a DJ community that is, uh, because we have American military in Germany, that's why I'm here also. So you have American military and you play in the military clubs. And the difference there, what I noticed when I went to the States, when I went to Texas or I went to California or to Florida and I played, I would have to play music from that area over here you play music for everywhere. You play music for East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, Down South, everything. And everybody gets their little bit, you know. Uh, and uh, that was one. That's one side of it. So you have the military club, which is uh, all Americans, as well as whatever local nationals you have. So if you have Germans, or if you're in Italy, then you have Italians that that uh, embrace our culture and our music. Then then they come to the club, and the, and those were the clubs that everybody would want to go to. And, and in Germany, in the 90s, in the 80s, you didn't have many clubs on the German. Well, the 90s, it started. But in the 80s, you didn't have many clubs in the German side that would have Americans come in. So they would play only European music. And when you found a club that would play uh, at the time, r and New Jack Swing, whatever, stuff like that, at the end, end of the 80s, people would flock to those clubs I'm on the border of, I'm not far from the border of France. So a lot of French people would come also. So we had French, Germans, Americans, everybody playing and and, and partying together, which is a beautiful thing. Then you have the other side of thing, which is on the economy, which is the German side. And uh, the, the, on the German side, you have great DJs, unbelievable. They have another culture because they're also rapping in German. So they actually have, have, uh, raps, po- spoken words, songs, everything that's also uh, on the German side. And uh, that's where I did a lot of productions because that's, that's the, uh, that was more serious. The military is the military and that's military comes first. So there's not like a, a record company on, on, on base or something. You had to go off base in order to, to actually produce music and, and, and be active or to DJ or to, or to see famous DJs. You know that was that's the one thing I wanted to talk about when I wrote to you and I said uh, uh, things that I've done that I'm I'm most proud of. Uh, one of them was uh, this this company called Heavy Rotation. Uh, Big Sia was is his name, and he he said, uh, you know, there's a there's a, a, a untouched untapped market, and that's with DJs that uh, come over here on tour with famous. MCs or famous singers, so like Alicia Keys DJ, uh, Eminem's DJ, Busta Rhymes, anybody, Snoop, anybody, and and they would take every DJ that came over and take him over to a, a warehouse uh, that had all the all the gear, all the clothes. We'd get the clothes, and I would do mixtapes with him and do radio shows with him every week. So I had I had the greats coming through, and it was just amazing. And one of those greats which was uh, DJ Cash Money, who was world champion, he made me start DJing better again because his guy was like, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven years older than me. He came over and I had not backspin since I was in the championships in the in the late 80s in German DMC. And so this is like 2000, so it's it's 10 years, 12 years. I have not ever touched a record. Ouch! Hit me now! Hit me now! Hit me now! Hit, that I hadn't done all these stupid, all that crazy shit we used to do, you know. And uh, he came over and he started going, calling me a sucker, sucker, sucker boy. You sucker, sucker, sucker boy. You sucker boy. You pushing tiger. Call it, call it, call it, call, call And I'm like, how is this dude doing this? When he he was world champion at the time that I was doing the the championships, you know. uh, and, and it just bugged me out. And I was like, wait a minute. how I went home and I practiced for a couple of hours and I had it back. I could not believe it. I could not believe that I still had the skills. They were just rusty. And after a half an hour, I didn't even look at it. So you know, the uh, like for the new DJs, you see these start points, the cue points and so on. We used to do that to, to vinyl ourselves. We would take and, and put a, a piece of, uh, like we would take it out of the cassettes the little sticky uh, paper, and you put that on a part and you would look at where it is and you have two of the same record and you put on the same exact spot. So if the, let's say the record, um, now we have the record is like this. Let me grab grab a, a vinyl. Okay, so for instance, right here, you can see the line. So that's just a little small line on there. But that right there is the start point. So that's 12 o'clock, right? If I turn it to here, that's three o'clock. I don't know if you're seeing it backwards right now. That's three o'clock. That's six o'clock. That's five o'clock. That's four o'clock. So in my mind, I'm like, okay. Start it up, jigga jigga. Hit me is on one o'clock. The beat starts on five o'clock, boom. So Hit me, boom, hit me, boom, hit me, boom. And then your backspin hit me, boom. Hit gotcha, me, boom. gotcha. For, you know? for,
0: for those of you that are just listening on the podcast, so he had a, a record that he showed that he put like a tape or a marker on it to show, you know, the different points of uh, spinning so he can catch these certain um, verses or the certain parts of the song accurately. So um, that's amazing, brother. And, you know, before the technology was out there, you guys had to innovate and figure out ways to get it done efficiently and, yeah. and 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 that's what you did man that that's truly amazing and it's crazy like just how far we've come um in regards to technology and how it's much easier today uh, to just hop on and learn the technology and start teaching and, and, and producing great music um but yeah man this, this is awesome bro and, and and thank you for all you've done in, in the industry and it's exciting to hear you know what you've experienced um in, in telling your story man and that's what this podcast is about you know to, to give people um the, the the overview of other people's journey as a dj you know to be able to inspire to educate to entertain through your stories and that's what you've yeah. done here man uh, um, i love to, to, to jump right into the lightning round you ready mm-hmm. yeah all right describe your dj setup hardware and software
1: i still use uh techniques turntables i use a rain mixer tt57 uh, I'm, I'm using uh, Dicers still from Novation, uh, and then Serato on a uh, uh, MacBook Pro. So that's basically yeah the setup that I'm using.
0: Besides yourself, who's your favorite DJ?
1: Oh, that's. That's not fair. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I have a lot of DJs, and, and a lot of DJs are, are, are DJs from from the old school. One of my favorites is, is a friend of mine, uh, is Maceo from uh, De La Soul, just because of his influences to me and how, how I was treated when I worked together with him a couple of times. You know, it just... The way, that he, the way that he handled things with DJs, I, I, I really appreciated it and just, just how he works and the type of music that he works on and so on. That's definitely one of, my, one of my mentors.
0: What has been your favorite party or event that you've DJed at?
1: Uh, I, that, I have to have two places for that. One of them was uh, on a festival called the Splash Festival with uh, uh, the of Scratch from The Roots. Uh, we were on stage in front of 20,000 people and I had to play like for three minutes before he started and just mixing up one banger after the next with vinyl and so on. That was it. And then on a small party, there was a, a, an evening of playing funk music in the Funkadelic in Frankfurt. And I was just slap, slamming intros and this was all just vinyl, Grabbing the next record, grab the next record, grab it. And it went on for like two hours of just intros and the people on the floor, there was these, these three brothers, military brothers that were there and they were just screaming and all the Germans were jumping in. And it was like, no matter, like I would play stuff like, I mean, stuff I hadn't played ever, stuff like Ohio players, skin tight. And just to hear that dun, 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 dun. And they're like, and it, Yeah, those are the two that really stick out in my mind. What's one thing that you hate about live streaming as a DJ? Getting cut off. Getting cut off and, and getting the, the the warning that they're going to close my page or something.
0: <laughs> Shout out DJs that you know personally whose story should be shared on this podcast.
1: DJ Chili E. He, uh is a dj that he went a bit of a different direction than i did i was uh, going out and working on producing and learning how to produce he worked directly with radio stations and uh, really got big in in the radio industry over here Uh, he's actually about to release an online radio station uh uh with an app and everything called uh top hat radio uh, that's one of the one of the main DJs i can think of right now i've got uh, just so many others uh I, I can't even start to start to do a list right now but that's one of the DDs i work with very closely
0: and uh where can people find you online or even in person if you're still doing events
1: uh online uh dj super jam at dj super jam on all the media all social media platforms uh you can find me there, and I also have my own website. Uh, well, two websites. One of them is DJSuperJam.net, and the other one is Unicord Music Group that I have together with uh, a male vocalist and producer named Chevis Kimber, and uh, that's where we we uh, have our music on there. And we're actually about to release a song tomorrow. No, on Monday on monday called my valentine and that's that's it's really hot so uh, we will have that um, i'm gonna send you a copy of it and, and a, a link and so on so we can get that out to folks and let them let them hear and they be able to play it for valentine's day get everything going and so on
0: awesome brother now it's a pleasure having you on the my dj story podcast y'all heard the man please check out dj super jam he's an amazing brother and just told an amazing story thank you thank you I appreciate you man Are you a DJ? Well, we want to hire you as one of our official, the club virtual DJs. We've been working hard to source hundreds of paid virtual gigs, and we need DJs of all kinds that are interested in getting paid to curate virtual events for our clients. Whether you're a new DJ, just getting started, or a veteran in the game, we have paid gig opportunities for you. Text I'm in to 609-201-1027 to get notified for paid gig opportunities from the club. Tell a friend. We look forward to working with you. Now back to the podcast.